Hey guys, I'm Megan Barker. Welcome to Jammin' and Jammies. We are sitting down with some of our favorite songwriters and music creators, industry leaders, etc. We're going to learn how they got where they are and get some valuable insights into the music world. You can watch the interviews online or tune into the podcast. Just check out jamminandjammies.com for all the details. Today, we are sitting down with my friend Mike Myers. He is an Emmy award-winning songwriter, guitar coach, uh, producer, podcast host, and creator of songwritingforguitar.com. He's spreading positivity and knowledge to musicians and songwriters all over the world. So we're going to find out how he does it. There's a lot of ground to cover with you, Mike. How are you doing? I am doing good. I'm glad you ended on positivity because I'm like, yeah, I'm a pretty positive person for the most part. Um, I'm doing awesome. I'm doing well. It's, it's good to see you because I joke, you know, it's like it's been a pandemic since I've seen you. <laughs> it's, I forget uh, what, it's 2019? Yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, we were just talking. We talked a whole bunch before I even hit record, you guys. Um, Mike is so much fun, as you can see. Mike, Mikey, is, is it Mikey? That's fine with me. I as feel like I want to call you Michael. Michael's too formal. I never liked Michael. Mr. My Mike? My parents always said Michael when I was when they were yelling at me, or Michael sounds like <laughs> a dropout art student. I'm like, Mike, it's too pretentious. So Mike, Mikey, I'm fine with both. Okay. So whatever I, I feel yeah. like I met you as a Mikey, so I'm going to roll with it. Okay. Roll with it. Okay. It's so good to see you. I, I already know this is going to be so much fun. You guys, we have so much great information here. I can already feel it. Um, just start by telling everyone, if you don't mind, like where you're from and were you always into music? Uh, music definitely I was always into because I wasn't good, really, <laughs> nothing else really interests me or I tried some things that I just didn't, you know, I think I went through a hockey phase really quickly. It was like a hot minute where I was like hockey. And then <laughs> maybe like a month later, I was like, Ugh. it's just like, <laughs> Uh, but I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so that was like, that's where I lived, uh, pretty much for the majority of my life. Only recently have I moved to, uh, Nashville, kind of the Franklin area, which is like, and I've loved Nashville. So I knew that was coming. So, but to be here is wonderful. Um, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. It's good to be here. Nashville is such an awesome place and we like where we live and it's so chill. Uh, I still love Pittsburgh, but like, since I do music, it kind of makes sense to, to kind of be yeah. near music city. Yeah. Um, but I always did music. You know, I don't think there was a point where music really like, you know, like left. Yeah. You know, I did piano when I was super young. I started taking lessons when I was like six and I did that all through, I don't know, like maybe seven, eight, nine years of just like oh, wow. move on to the next book that's like, here's, you know, classic book, blue, then purple, wow. then orange, then brown. And right. Then just, like, that's all I did was just piano. And then in high school, you know, I really, that's where you define the music you like, I think. Yeah. Like, because you listen to whatever your parents listen to and you listen to different things. But then in high school, you're kind of like, I'm an individual. I'm my own person. It's not a that phase. And it ended up being, it was a lot of punk music that I got into. And so you can't be too punk with piano. Like I couldn't lug a <laughs> piano and be like, and all my friends were in bands yeah. and everybody was for it. And they were bands with horrible names. But at, now that I look back, but at the time, it was just like, they were so cool. Right. And it just seemed like everybody, like, you know, they were playing garages, but it was like, wow. <laughs> and so my parents got me a guitar, I think my freshman year, but it was so tough. I threw it in the closet and sat there for like three years. And then my senior year of high school, I don't think I did any studying. I think that's the year too, when you're supposed to like take it seriously. Right. It's like the tail end. Uh, can we swear or can I not swear? Swear, swear away. I, I totally fucking blew that to smithereens. <laughs> it, was just, it was all guitar. Yeah. I was so in love with guitar that I was learning everything. That's what I was taking lessons. And I don't think you could tear me apart from the guitar because yeah. I was like, I need to be in a band. 
And then that produced a string of terrible bands. And then eventually there was a slightly moderate band that didn't do too bad. We did the touring. We did things within our scene that were opening for other bands. We did like the Vans Warped Tour, which was cool. Yeah. And it oh, was that's awesome. But it never really, it kind of got, it was there, but it never really, uh, it was, you know what, the best analogy is like when our van was climbing up the hill in Chattanooga, when we were going to Nashville, it was stalling so bad <laughs> because it was like, and I feel like we never got past that, but we were always on just like that hill. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And then it just kind of died off. People get married and, you know, kind of do yeah. this thing. And I started to teach guitar uh, because I was working at a car wash and somebody was like, hey, my teacher's looking for someone to, you know, do you want to teach? And I was like, no, and I, was like, <laughs> I work at a car wash. Do I know anything about cars? Hmm. No. Do I want to be surrounded by chemicals? No. Cool. And then I ended up just falling in love teaching guitar. So at that point, I don't mean to interrupt you, but at that point, were you familiar with like all the theory and everything that goes into guitar? Like, were you equipped to teach all of that? Or were you kind of just teaching kids chords? And it was weird because I didn't know what to expect. Cause, mm -hmm. and I did go through this period where I was like, hit the panic button and pulled out <laughs> my theory books, dust them off right. and be like, modes, scales and all of that. Um, and it was interesting because I'm not sure what, you know, the age ranges, the youngest student I think I first had was like four. The oldest I had was 83. Wow. So it was like these weird, like there was no like, uh, kind of like, you know, set age. There were so many different ages, age range that I taught. Also abilities. There are some people that are brand new, some people that have been playing for a long time. People have been playing on their own or they had different reasons of why they wanted to learn. Yeah. And so for me, this stretched my ability of how can I make this approachable, understandable, mm -hmm. and can I start to develop my own way of describing the guitar? Yeah. And it was cool because it made me appreciate all the things that I was doing, but also I started to appreciate different styles. Because I have to admit, I was like a punk rock snob for a while. <laughs> I was, and it was, it was like, you know, this is the best genre. I think everybody feels that way. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's because like, as I said, in high school, we're filled with like hormones and just like these weird, like there's something about that time where the music is imprinted in our brain. Like it's this true. is music. You know, everybody that likes classic rock thinks that's the best era of music. People that love, and I used to be like, uh, you know, country, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly I was dissecting these songs for people because like, I'd be like, hey, what do you want to learn? They tell me a song. And then I'd have to like deconstruct it. Cool, it's these chords. So my ear got better at listening for things. But I found myself loving certain songs that I never thought I would love. Like I had this newfound wow. appreciation. Like I remember when I first heard Jason Isbell, somebody was like flying over water. And I was like, who's this by? Jason, I was like, I don't know who that is. And I like listened to it. I was like, oh my God, that is like, a wow. I love him. And I remember just going home and just like saving everything on like, you know, Spotify, but save, save, save. And like listening to it. Yeah. You know, I like somebody wanted to learn drunk on a plane once and I was like, who's this one? And they were like, Dirk Spanley. I was like, I don't know who that is. Save. I was like, this is good. But then I, my ear was like, man, the production on this is really good. <laughs> my ear was like starting to, because I was yeah. starting to dabble. I was a dabbler. Um, but it was just like this whole new realm. And then fast forward where I wanted to get into songwriting. And I took lots of different classes, did a whole bunch of traveling, really invested to being like, okay, this is my college. I didn't follow through on college. I stayed for a year left. And, and so I was like, this same, is going to be my college. This is going to be my thing. So I'll take classes. I, you know, cause people don't mind plunking down, you know, I don't know, 
$300,000 in debt for like a degree they can't do anything and they manage a Hollister, but it's like, I'll spend a couple thousand. Yeah. Uh, to do that. And the only reason I say Hollister is because I once applied for a job there way back in the day when I was like 18 and they were like, I'm sorry, you need a college degree to be a manager. And I was like, okay, no. And I was like a degree in anything. Like it could be anything. And they were like, yeah, as long as you have a bachelor's degree in something, I thought that was bizarre. And so I never forget that. So it's, um, I know it's an interesting tidbit, but then I took all these classes and then started writing lots of good songs, bad songs. And then eventually found my niche and what I enjoyed, which was like television. I really loved, for some reason, television and film. And I, you know, I think it was because it was just like I had freedom to play around in different genres that I liked. Yeah. And it was more or less kind of creating things that could be used for something that's already created or could be used for something that has yet been cast, created, ever thought of, yeah. maybe a couple yeah. years from now. I don't know. And now it's like, it still feels like you're just, I'm still finding out what I want to do. But it's, and then I then created a class to help others figure out what they want to do in terms of understanding their guitar and just taking that same route, whether it's writing for an artist, writing for themselves, or if they wanted to do film and television. Yeah. Well, I want to dive in and talk a lot about songwriting and, and songwriting yep. for guitar and, and sync and all of this stuff. But before we leave guitar, I have a question. I've had people ask before. Oh, I have my window open because it's so nice out in Nashville. So gorgeous. Isn't it gorgeous. amazing? Like every day has been nice. Oh my I'm God, not used beautiful. to this. Like we're in Nashville, like partly sunny is like Pittsburgh sunny, which I always think is funny <laughs> when people are like, it's partly sunny. I'm like, I see one cloud. That is sunny. Okay. Now we've got gorgeous weather, but I just wanted to ask, is there, is it ever too late to learn an instrument? No, of course not. Really? No, absolutely not. I, I think, uh, if you want to, then do it. Yeah. Why not? If you're why here not? today, then why not jump in? Well, uh, you're here and I'm sure there's, there's some truth to it. Sure. It might be a little easier when you're a kid, you know, but. You know what? Sometimes the clarity can be better when you're an adult. And the only reason I say that is because when you're a kid, you're open to everything. And so you think you need to do yeah, this, yeah. that, and a little bit of the other thing. When you're an adult, you suddenly go like, these are the things I want to focus on. And yeah. it's this. So yeah. when you have that clarity, um, I think there's some more flexibility where you can jump in. And, and for me, what if you came in and was like, I just want to focus my songwriting for this genre, da, da, da. I'm like, cool. We need to do this, this, and this. Let's do it. Yeah. That, so, no, it's never too late. And I've seen people, you know, pick up the guitar at like, you know, 83 that have never touched it. Wow. Then suddenly just jump in and be like, well, yeah, I ha I remember it was an early on. I had a client, his name was Joel, and he would tell me he was 83 and he would be like, Mike, I'm going to learn it or I'm going to die trying to learn it. <laughs> I love <laughs> I was that. Like, yeah. It's like, all right, Joel. So it's like, no, I don't think it's it's ever too late to learn. That's amazing. That's inspiring because, mm -hmm. you know, especially with, you know, you've got songwriting for guitar and I'm sure you're familiar with Songtown. There's all these yeah. great organizations around town um, that are full of people trying songwriting and at different stages of life. And I love yeah. that because I think there's, especially in like commercial music, there's all these things and stigmas that people stick, uh, especially on women, but that's another conversation, but like on age and, and your accomplishments and these weird things, and you can do anything, anytime. I mean, I, you know, I didn't think I really found out what I wanted to do till like my mid thirties, like twenties felt like I was just kind of like drifting around trying stuff. So it's like, you don't even look 30. That's good for you. You look great. 30, 36. And it's like, I'm still figuring out, you know, I think, yeah. um, especially in this realm that I do, like when it comes to licensing, I don't think age matters. Like Judy Stakey, who's a fantastic 
one of my favorite mentors, she was like, she was like, it doesn't matter age. A good song is what matters. Amen. I was like, I was like, Ooh, I was like, you're right. I was like, a good song does matter. So I think, you know, the way that we kind of like bury that stigma or that misconception about age is just more people going after what they want to do and stop listening to what other people are telling them, Oh, this is what you are or should believe. Yeah. Yeah, Who cares? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're just now getting to Nashville. This is very exciting. Um, So are you trying to write for commercial country music? Are you really solely focused on sync? Tell us a little about that. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because each time I came to Nashville more and more, I noticed there were more film and TV people. I know where people say like, don't make, you know, don't turn my Nashville Californian. But I was like, man, there are more juice bars here. I'm like, okay. I was like, there's more coffee. I was like, oh, look at all the hot yoga places. I know there's some more vegan vegetarian restaurants. (laughs) I was like, okay. I know they're saying it, but it's feeling like it. So primarily what I focus on is film and TV. And there's been so many of these boutique licensing companies popping up more and more, which is so exciting for me. And, um, you know, really that's been my focus. Could it be that it pivots later on? Could be, you know, I'm open, you know, what I thought I was going to do, you know, years ago, I thought I was going to still be in the same city, you know, working at the same place, doing the same thing, but then things change. So I'm always open to change right now. It's predominantly a lot of been doing a lot of underscore and production music, which is really fun. Um, Just building out, you know, this week has been like 12 tracks of haunting instrumentals, which I love. It's just great. It's so much fun. Uh, but it could change. So right now it's it's film and TV five years from now. Who knows? I'm open. So yeah. uh, I'm always open to anything. But you do have some experience coming to Nashville so much. You do have some experience. Uh, you know about the music industry, the country music world. I mean, oh, yeah. tell us about how they differ because everyone says that sync world is a totally different world. And even from my perspective, you know, I don't have a lot going on in the sync world because I feel like it's a whole other world I have to focus on of the kind of songwriting and connections and yeah. It, it, it's a different, you know, from a lyrical perspective, it's 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 drastically sure. different. Sure. Um, I feel that's where I struggled because when I was doing country, I was so used to in the sync world, keeping things so vague yeah. and not specific, still keeping authenticity, but knowing like, hey, don't hear words not to use. Here's reasons why, because uh, I don't want to say nighttime because everything could fit perfectly, but like it's placed in the day. Right. I'm just now saying the word nighttime. It doesn't make sense. So it's like, I was very sensitive to certain tri- words that are just like, nope, 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 nope. That's nope. why you were successful. And so that's why I was just like, Whew. I was like, this is tough. Um, but what was easier for me, um, you know, especially for the sync world is once we had a song done, there was a plan. We're going into this music licensor, duh, duh, yeah. here, here, here. What was tough sometimes in country was like we would write and that was a song. And I'd be like, okay, what are we going to do? That's a good question. I'd be like, oh my. And so it's, sometimes it may be a while that a song doesn't move for a while. And I think I'm very antsy. And I'm yeah. very like caffeinated where I'm just like, what are we going to do with it? We got to figure out something to do with it. And some people are like, well, it might be good for so-and-so, but I don't know. And so I'm like, man, I, it's it's completely different. We're sync. It's just like they're short, they're short deadlines. Like you may get something. I may get something that says, hey, this is due on Friday. Yeah. Whew, feel the crunch. All right, let's do it and let's get it done. Let's get the vocals done. Let's mix it. There we go. Boom. It's out there. 
I love that. Well, on the other side of that, have you had stuff that you did kind of create and, and sat on your library for a while and then it was perfect for an opportunity later on? Oh yeah, like tons of things in sync. And that's what's interesting. Sometimes things in sync are time relevant and sometimes they're not. Like mm -hmm. you could have like a song that you did. I've had songs placed that I've done maybe like three years ago oh, wow. that I forget about. And then mm -hmm. suddenly you get an email that says, hey, can you confirm this is one stop? Da -da 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 and I'm like, yes, all good. And then it's all set and then it's off and it's published. And I'm like, I forgot about that song. That's right. That's the song. Awesome. It's the same thing with instrumentals. You can create a body like last year. I did maybe like 120 different ones. Oh my gosh. I forget what they are. Like if you ask me, I don't know. That's why they're just registering. You're like, head. this is really cool. What is this? Who wrote this? I know. Oh, until I, it's like, I won't see until maybe I get like, you know, my statement back and I'll be like, oh, I guess I was placed. I forgot about that song because there's so much that you can create and i notice that's what i like about it i don't have to think about it yeah. i realize with country it you really have to like you've got to think about a good hook when it comes to your title you've got to think about the yeah. all those things before you even get into the production you need to really think about uh yeah. i did more track stuff so that was more of the area that i was focused on so it's fine and it was great but the thing was it was just sitting in my hard drive and i'd be like man it's just sitting there <laughs> It's just sitting there. It's yeah. just sitting there with sync. It's out of my hard drive and it's boom, it's out there. And I'm moving that. on to the next one. I'm moving on to the next one. I think because I have a very ADD mind, I can't stay too long on certain things where I got to move to the next one, move to the next one. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what's hard for people that are really good at country when they go over to sync. It's night it and moves day. too fast for them. It's they're just like, too fast and they're like, we got to think about this lyric. And we're like, yeah, it's fine. You don't have to think <laughs> about it. Don't worry about it. Don't overthink it. It's good. We're ready to go. Let's go. And yeah. they're like, well, oh, because, you know, sometimes you got to write it in maybe less than an hour. Let's get it out mm -hmm. in an hour. Let's do this. Let me do the production. Let's send it off to get mixed, get the vocals and let's go. Wow. Well, I how I like that fast pace, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, and you come from kind of, I think I've, I haven't spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh, but I just kind of think of it as more fast paced in the South. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it could be just, I think it's the amount of coffee that I drink. And <laughs> it's just I, you. <laughs> I think it was just something that I when I would listen, when I got onto the song rain kick, I would watch, when I would watch TV, I would hear music and I'd be like, I could do that. Yeah. And that's yeah. what kind of first kind of, gauge my interest to get back into it yeah and yeah. then it, it did spring off to where i did lots of like building out country because it was cool i enjoyed it yeah and then i realized i was overloading my plate with so much right that and we were talking about this like event you know before we were recording like eventually i realized you can't do it all man you, you can't. can't you can't yeah. because i realized i'm not doing everyone a service like i'm doing the co-writers a disservice if i show up kind of not super yeah. focused because i'm really burnt out and you know, you're going to have to pick one and yeah. if, you know, one is not greater than the other, but your energy, if you want to be consistent and good, can't do it all. Jack and of all so, trades, master of none, they say. Yeah. And so right. I do get into country pop when it pop, when it pops up for like instrumentals and they're like, Hey, can you do like a Kane Brown instrumental? I'm like, and you're like, yeah, back, here we go. And it's just, <laughs> boom it's out there um and then sometimes i'll pull in a top line or two because they're like hey we need like country pop about home and i'm like cool i know my person to like you know talk to let's do this and let's do this in under like a day or two um awesome. but you know it's it's also to what you feel is moving faster and what i noticed was i started to get a lot more placements the yeah. more i focused on the placement area and i was like okay even though i enjoy this i was like things are moving 
here. And then I got into the production. I started to get tapped to do just instrumentals. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is interesting. Right. And then I just started to do that more and more for like advertising agencies. And that's what led to like that little Emmy back there. It's just because it was part of something that was a commercial. I didn't know commercials got Emmys. I didn't think that was a thing. It's amazing. They do. I know. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, but it was just like that then started to validate like the path that I was kind of like setting on to do because I was like, yeah. okay, this is that was unintentional. Yeah. Now let's try it intentionally because I was like, well, I think I want Emmy. What? Another one. What I was if like, I actually tried? It's like, what if I tried? <laughs> just like not accidentally fall into one, but like try it. Like, okay. But what and a great like, like symbol that you were on the right path, though. Like, how do you stumble into an Emmy, Mikey? That's crazy. Well, it was because it was the thing. I then focused mm -hmm. to do more, more licensing. And then that landed me on a panel locally when I was in Pittsburgh with two other awesome guys. One owned a studio, Rob um called um contagious music which was awesome and then um i think he changed his name recently and i may be saying it wrong but it was contagious at the time and he my friend he uh was a director and he already had emmys yeah uh, and he was uh -huh. like they were both super rad and we just talked about different perspectives a second we all we were both connected and i worked with both of them on different projects and he would send me every once in a while, hey, I'm working on this directing project. Can you do this? And it didn't land. And that's about the thing about Sync 2. Sometimes you may have something, it doesn't get placed. It's almost like when you pitch something yeah. to VRS, like you may get a hold. It doesn't guarantee that it's going to, you know, get the cut. Yeah. But it, then it, it, oh, it just doesn't happen. That happens a ton in Sync. You may get like that final, like right now as we speak, like we're, this week, there's a final for a possible trailer. We might get it. We might not. But the fact that we have that, you know, like we're in the running means eventually it'll get somewhere. So that gives me confidence that if it happened once, it could happen again. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I'm sure. Go yeah. ahead, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. And it was just then eventually he was like, hey, it's this thing for the Boys and Girls Club. Can you make this yeah. instrumental that sounds a little bit like this? And so I listened to his reference. He gave me the film. I threw it on. I looked and I composed it to just work on the transitions got paid, got used, and it was awesome, year passes, and he calls me up and he was like, hey, it got nominated for an Emmy. And I was like, oh, because like every, every like section of the country has different, like, I guess, chapters of mm -hmm. the Emmy, like mid-Atlantic, there's like, and I was like, oh, I was like, really? <laughs> and so for me, just saying, being able to say like Emmy nominated, I was really cool with that. And so I was like, okay. that alone is great. Because I was like, it looks great on a resume. It does we won and it was weird to have like the, a virtual because <laughs> this was during the so it was all streamed virtually so it was just like oh sitting at home and just being like okay and now now that it happened and we lost him but like bob saget did an intro because apparently he was from philly and so he did the intro wow. to the mid-atlantic emmys and i was just like and he was talking about like his time there and i was like ah, i was like it's bob saget oh and then it won and so i was like huh I was like, that's cool. So is that's that way, is that what you said? You were sitting there and you went, huh, when you what? I did because it was just like, no way. No. Did you wear a tux to your living no, room? I, we, we kind of, I, I think I probably wore something very similar to this, very, <laughs> very casual, but that's what happened. And it yeah. was, it was slightly surreal because it was like, huh. Yeah. And it was just like, well, how'd you get there? And I was like, oh, curiosity. And just kind of like trusting. Yeah 
think I'm moving in the right direction. So it's like, sometimes we got to just like, and I think if I was doing too many things, that probably wouldn't have happened. I probably would have gotten burned out pretty quickly. Yeah. And yeah, I probably wouldn't be doing a lot of the things I would be doing. What a great sign from the universe. That's amazing. I know. Oh, I like that phrase because I love, I don't know if, have you read Big Magic, Elizabeth? My my friend, okay. We literally just had one of my really good friends, Haliana, on last week yeah. and she just read it and she like was quoting it in the podcast. And I- We're talking about added, the universe. It's a sign. It is you a sign. I, I bought it. I just haven't read it yet. <laughs> that shaped the way I viewed creativity That's because what she said. I used to think it was like, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, you've got to like, oh, it's, it's tough. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute. Creativity is actually something that if you're moving in the right direction, you don't have to fight it. It will naturally, my demeanor and rights changed dramatically where I was like, well, what's going to happen? We're going to sit down and we're going to get a great song that we can use. Okay, let's yeah, do it. It yeah. flowed a lot better. And I was a lot less harsh on myself because I think we have a tendency to be like, you yeah, know, uh, uh, digging. Yeah, but yeah, read the book because I, really I mentioned it. She mentioned it. It's yeah. a book you gotta read. Yes, so Elizabeth is talking to me, and she's like, "Megan, read this book." But it's it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, I just think there's there's so, and I can't speak to the sync world obviously very much, but mm -hmm. just in the music world in general, there's just a lot of pressure and a lot of stress. You know, it's so competitive. Or is it? I mean, I kind of believe there's enough room for everyone, but sure, to a degree, it's very competitive. You know, but. I'm just kind of rambling, but it, there's just so much pressure and so much stress that I think a lot of people eventually burn out. Um, it's not healthy. It's, it's not, not healthy. It's that's not healthy and it's not sustainable. Right. That's, that's what the I'm one to thing say. I'm learning. And no, I think you're right. I think opportunity. And I think you, you smell like desperation too. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but people no, no, smell just, it on you. I, you know, the reason I changed, like people are like, oh, you give guitar lessons. I was like, I changed the coaching because I realized there was so much more we were we weren't just getting into guitar. Like if I'm saying to someone like, Hey, why is your practice habits aren't, you know, how come you said you were going to do X, Y, Z and that didn't happen this week. Can you walk me through your schedule? And I'm just like, wow, that's why it's not sustained. You were, you, and like, you're not happy. You're burned out. You're thinking you need, I think we are doing all these things because like you, you see, especially like when people are like, you know, I do my three rights a day there in Nashville, right? Number two, Right, number three, and it's like it's great Instagram. It's Instagram sure. worthy, but what we don't see in the story is just the bloodshot eyes, right. the tiredness, the fatigue, the sort of like unhealthy eating, also right. too unhealthy not taking care of yourself, the lack of sleep, yep. the disorganization. That's not uh, I, if somebody wants to do that, that's fine. I just got to a point where I was like, I don't think that's how I want to live, because yeah. music is there's no. I think whether you're writing for country, whether you're writing for pop, mm -hmm. whether you're writing for sync, whether you're just writing for yourself, there's no mountaintop in music. There's just a slightly higher level. Yeah. You, you keep on climbing, but are you going to enjoy the climb or are you just going to be yeah. burnt out? And I think it the change happens when people start saying this isn't normal they start realizing it it's okay to take a break like if your schedule yeah. looks to you know the, i hate the phrase i'm busy yeah what does that mean what do you mean you're bit that means you just like you're so busy you can't tell me exactly what if you can't tell me in a couple sentences what you accomplished this week and what you did you need to rethink your schedule 
because your schedule's not working for you. You're working for your schedule. You're more and like a life coach. I love you. This is amazing. Because that's what I realize guitar coaching is. Like when I'm because like if you're if we don't clean that up, yeah, you're never gonna get good at guitar. Well, plus then too, I mean, aren't people getting really guilty then if they didn't practice the last couple of weeks? They just kind of feel guilty, and then there's just negativity toward it. Because then it, there's negativity, and then it comes into why well, I guess I can't do this. I guess yeah. I can't. I guess I can't do guitar. I guess, you know, I was such an idiot for believing I could do this. And it's like, no, 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 you're not an idiot. You just didn't. And it's like, then I just reframe it. I was like, did you make time for this? No. Are you filling your, your, you know, your days with things that aren't working towards before we even pick up the guitar? I'm always like, Hey, what do you want to do with this? Yeah. Your answer is like, well, I want to write for myself and I'm going to be playing rounds. I'm be like, okay, so we got to work on technique and, you know, metronome stuff. And we got to make sure that, you know, the way you're presenting your songs are dynamically correct and that mm -hmm. they can use your recording and cool. So anything that's outside of that yeah. is a distraction. Yeah. So if then they go like, well, I was building out this track too. And I'm like, well, 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 you want to get into track building now? Well, no, I just told so-and-so they were like, could you maybe do like this and then this? And I'm like, why are you doing that? Well, I wanted to help them out. And it's like, did that interfere with the things that you wanted to do? Yes. Ugh. We got to say no to that mm. or just not now. Sometimes we also bend to other people's schedules and I get it. It's sometimes you meet someone and you really want to impress them and you Absolutely. want it like there's an opportunity. Sure. But you know, are you going to be serving them to your, you know, a hundred percent? Right. Or is your percentage going to be like, oh, I can serve them like 50% because the other 50 is going to be here. Oh, right. wait a minute. I this thing. So actually that 50 is now like 40 years. Right. And then I got it. And it's just like, we're spreading ourselves so thin. So no wonder people end up getting burned out and um, just like, how just either jaded, bitter, cynical. Yeah. You hear somebody that comes back. I had so many friends that would come to Nashville, come back. Oh, this town, it's a tough town. And I'd be like, well, what'd you do? Uh, well, well, and I was like, well, did you network with people? Did you plan out what you wanted to do? Well, no. I just, oh, it's not that you can't do it. You just didn't plan. And it's like, so when I, when I wanted to move here, I was like, I'm not going to move here until I know what I want to do. And I have a clear idea. And I also visit the place. I actually come to the place. I start to spend time with the people because if I can't gel with it, I don't want to have this fictional idea in my head of what the city life is like. And then I get here and it's the complete it's opposite. Different. So right. I don't know. That's a large spiel. Like, I think there's a very unhealthy culture, but I think it's slowly changing because people, you know, can't take it. You know, if you're working five jobs, and you're thinking that you can do three rights a day for the next two years. Hmm. I don't, you know, maybe it's reasonable to say you could do two rights a week. That's okay. And, yeah. you know, you have to deal and be realistic a little bit with where you're sitting right now. It's not to say you can't go to step 37, but don't start at step two and then judge yourself off of right. you were at step 37. There's a whole lot of other steps in between. Absolutely. So give yourself a little bit of grace and... I don't know. Just be kind yeah. of yourself. This week um, has been five years since I got here. And then when I first got here, and even before then, I had an apartment here and I was here every three weeks for a week. And I was doing what you're talking about. I was burning myself out. You know, I would, I was living in Vegas. So I would go and work five or six nights a week and make all the money I needed to 
pay yeah. bills there and then pay bills here and figure it out. And um, so I think a lot of people do that at the beginning and then maybe hopefully everyone kind of falls into a rhythm and you realize, you know, it's all about balance and, and strategy and working smarter, not harder. My mom always tells me. No, and it's true. It's it so absolutely smart. True. You've got such a great mind for strategy and, and all of this. This is just a really great conversation. So I hope people are you know, heeding your words, because those, those are some dark times that we put well, ourselves think, through. You know, we eventually come around to it. Like there's lots yeah. of things that I realized only because I did it the other way. Yeah. Like, uh, right. It's a really quick, funny story. But years ago, I was in a terrible band that was on <laughs> MySpace. Go figure. That's an old phrase, MySpace. We got this um, message. We had broken up, but then we got this message from this person that said he was a manager of this band. And I was like, uh, you know, yeah, sure. Right. Whatever. <laughs> and so I ignored it. But then a couple days ago, there was another message and he messaged everyone in the top eight trying to get a hold of someone. And so one of my friends was like, I think this guy might be legit. And so I looked that he was messaging from that band's account that he had managed. And I was wow. like, okay. I was like, so I gave him my number and I chatted with him and he said, Hey man, you know, I, you know, I just went, you know, I was interested in the band. I saw you guys broke up, but what are you doing? I was like, well, you know, I think, you know, I'm starting another band. He was like, ah, my best advice to you, man, start writing, co-writing with other people. That would be my best advice. Um, and I was like, what is this guy? No. Yeah, this so guy. He managed this band in the UK called McFly. No, in the UK, they're huge. They're a gigunda. Here in America, they never really made that jump. Uh, at the time, they were about to do a movie with Lindsay Lohan, and they were going to be wow. the band playing. And that was going to be their break and kind of their segue into America never happened but the guy he was like the he was like i wrote a song called the year 3000 that the jonas brothers just covered and he was like that was for a band here in the uk called busted and i was like and he was like my best advice co-write and i was like no i was like what do you know i started a band and then years later i came to the realization oh co-writing you say interesting <laughs> and i pretended like this was a revelation that came to me but it, you know, there are certain points where we just go against the grind for a little bit, but then eventually we come around to like, you know what? Okay, yeah. I'll give it a try. Yeah. So maybe people don't get into healthy habits right away, but I think it takes a couple burnouts before we realize like, you know what? Uh, this isn't a way to live. I think we realize at a certain point too, that it's supposed to be fun. Like the reason we got into music is because we love it. And, and it's kind of sweet if you think about it. I mean, we, a lot of people just, we just kill ourselves when we get here in the grind because we want it so badly. So it's endearing, it's sweet, but it's toxic. So just be strategic and don't do what we've done, guys. You can be I, better. I think that is, it's sweet, but like it, it is very toxic, but we come around to it because yeah. we just realize the process should be fun. Yeah. Like, and if it isn't fun, then we've got to hit a timeout because we're probably also conveying that in our body language, yes. how we're acting, because we've been so not aware of this that other people are being like, man, Jimmy never looks happy. Yeah. Like, it's, I thought Jimmy enjoyed writing. And then suddenly you realize, oh, that's why I didn't get called back. Right. right. Oh, because right. I'm conveying all this heaviness. Right. And so once we start to fix that and then get into that space of enjoying, our body language is naturally going to start to have that. And that's I where totally we start agree. to attract the people that we want. Yeah. And that's where people are like, oh, it's so fun to write with Jimmy. Like, it's like yeah. good at what he does, but like, I also enjoy it. It's like the high point of my week. That's what yeah. I want rights to feel like. I never want it to feel like, 
Oh shit, I gotta make an I gotta make an excuse for Mike. I'm just gonna text him and say, like, right now, I am not feeling well. Right. I want them to enjoy the process. Right. It's the way yeah. it should be. And this is supposed to be an interview, but I feel like this is just a conversation of friends. So I just oh, wanted to say that like right before COVID, that was even me. So two yeah. years ago, I was I was writing once a day and then I was playing at night and I lived 30 minutes away. So I was constantly just driving and grinding and napping for 30 minutes. And I was so, I caught myself one night I was playing and I played cover gigs like five or six nights a week. And I was like, just playing through the songs. And I was like, I'm not even enjoying playing music right now. I'm so fried. Like I don't want to play covers. I don't want to play originals. I was driving home in dead silence because I was just tired of, of music almost (laughs) like I, in a way, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, that was a slight blessing that came out of this last two years was just being able to step back and be like, okay, I got to reevaluate how I approach things. And I'm very happy in a way because I feel more clear headed about it. I feel grateful for music. I feel grateful that I get to talk to people like you and, and share creativity. Sometimes we go through the motions and we don't realize that. I was, And it's just like a lot of what we do is just kind of like habit. And until it's just like, but the more we become intentional with Right. I've been trying to think about when I switched tasks to what's the transition. Here's a songwriter analogy. Think of like when you have a great chorus, but the lead into the great chorus isn't set yeah. up. Right. Like you're just like, that's that's how you got there. But if there's like that like transition, the payoff of the chorus is so great. Yeah. A lot of our transitions don't exist in our day. It's we like stumble into them where there's no like conscious, like I'm moving into the next thing. Brendan Bouchard talks about this. I've become a book chunky during, like I already was, but like during the pandemic, I just like started to just sort of like read constantly. It's not uncommon that I've got like, I don't know, like four or five books like out and I've got audible books that I've got going because it's like, I realized I was very sloppy in my transitions of the day. Like getting to do this is awesome. Like, but the transition, if I just jump into it and be like, ah, I'm going to talk about things, but it's like, oh, great. I get to talk about things and I'm going to talk to Megan about like songwriting, maybe the process, maybe taking care of yourself. This will be great. And then when this is done, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to then probably reorganize my cables, which is great. That will be a great feel. (laughs) Intentional about what we're doing. But when we make those like transitions, we enjoy it so much more. We, we just like stumble into everything and we kind of like are still juggling the, you know, when somebody carries the stress home from work and then says hi to so-and-so and and then suddenly they're like, they're carrying the conversation they had with so-and-so into the conversation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My laptop came unplugged. I'm so sorry. Keep talking. (laughs) But it's like, (laughs) we didn't get into you didn't stop and be like, okay, so that's the end. That was this yeah. day. Now I'm transitioning into the next part. They're not meant to be like the flood of feelings of how I was here, into here, into here, into here. And I think that's where we get burned out and we're just yeah. like, become a little bit more numb. Yeah. And then the next day, it's the same thing. But full. That's why we don't sleep well. Yes. <laughs> and well, in full circle, this is how the whole conversation started is just, I think, I think it's kind of been like, propaganda in a way, you know, like these lies mm-hmm. that have been perpetuated for a long time that you're supposed to suffer for your art. And I don't think it has to be that way. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that. So when you read Big Mag- Magic, she talks about literally that concept of like, really? that, that uh, she goes, that concept is disgusting. And the fact that that's even the concept of art, yeah. like, have you ever heard of an architect suffering for his work? No, they're living pretty good no. from what I've heard. <laughs> have you ever heard of 
I don't know, a podiatrist suffering for his feet is <laughs> over there just like, no, but why suddenly? Yeah. Like artists, songwriters, producers, you know, top line, why are we suddenly now at the brunt of us accepting like you should accept the lowest wage you should accept the low the like oh the services you're offering it should be free we're giving you food and beer it, right. it's just like, all these things like i can't give my electric company like a beer voucher and be like <laughs> hey man this is for this month here you go it's really the exposure of your company is great for our house yeah yeah it's such it's bullshit crazy. and it's like there's i think things are changing for the better and, and it's so not, it's a slow moving ship that needs to turn, <laughs> but it's getting there. And I think it's the more that creatives become aware of this yeah. and start going like, that's not okay. Like I should be getting eight hours of sleep. Yeah. That's, you know, because studies now show if you don't get eight hours of sleep, what happens? You don't live as long. Your body starts to deter like those that give themselves more rest do better. Yeah. Go Why figure. Yeah. yeah go figure oh my gosh oh. okay well this is yeah. so therapeutic i feel like i just looked at the clock i can't believe i've kept you for almost an hour so i'm gonna rein it in and just ask you a couple more questions sure. go ahead uh we're gonna have to do this again if you're okay with that we have so much more yeah. to talk about um how do people get started in sync let's say there's people watching right now and they are i mean i'd love to dive into like the details of your production setup at some point too but maybe we'll save that yeah. for next time but how does somebody get started? How do you meet the right people and get songs okay. in their so hands? The, the, the first thing is, and this is what's great about the age that we live in, pull up Google, type in tunefind.com. And right there, that is a great resource that has tons of shows that show what music was used, what the scenes were. It also shows the music supervisor. So when you hear that moment, you're like, I could write that. Okay, look up that show. What were the songs that were played there? Can you create a playlist of those songs that you can start to listen to? Because I guarantee you can start to find similarities in those songs. You can start yeah. to find things that are carrying over that are patterns. If you can even find the music supervisor too, that means that music supervisor found that th those, those songs for that particular show felt that was a great fit to that scene. You can then start to research that music supervisor. What's the company they work for? What songs do they have there? So it's like, it's a whole lot of research, but even before you pick up a guitar, before you start writing the song, you can do tons of research. It's almost like if we were, if we knew we were going to write for Keith Urban, we need to study Keith Urban. Like, yeah. it's like, we wouldn't jump in cold and be like, I listened to some Kelsey Ballerini on the way here. <laughs> it's just like, because like, you got to tell his story. You got to tell things that are important you got to avoid phrases and words that keith wouldn't use you got to be cognizant of like the keys that he's in the things yeah. that he's liking it's the same thing in for sync you've got to look for those similarities so before you go off and write the problem is people write a song and then they start throwing a you know supervisor this is great for sync they just haven't taken time to study the supervisor what they place mm. what the styles are and then they think well i can't do sync it's like you can you just got to pause hit the pause button and backtrack. So if you want to write for this show, what were the songs used? What were they? <laughs> did you stay them? What were some of the keys? Yeah. Like what were some of the patterns, melodies? What sections were used? Yeah. There is so much that you could just do right now without paying for a single chorus, but starting to just like research what is getting placed. Um, and that to me was super helpful. I spend 
probably a good chunk of time building out playlists that I just listen to. Like right now I'm listening to around the world in 80 days, like playlist, which is, uh, it was like Hans Zimmerman and Christian Lundberg. Cause I've like this year, 2022, I'm like, I want to get into trailers. Yeah. And so it was just like, okay, so that's a whole different world. So I need to just like, how do I start to do the things in sync? I started to listen. Cool. I'm going to start to listen. Yeah. And so I just have this playlist that I'm listening to constantly. I'm sitting here and I'm like playing through things, grabbing my guitar and being like, oh, that's interesting. Because every time you listen, your ear starts to be like, oh, what was that? Yeah. It's just, just when you think you know it, right. your brain then drops a little factoid that's like, hey, <laughs> here's another thing. And you're like, wow. So that would be my best advice to someone that's brand new uh, to sync you can just start creating a playlist of songs from a show you'd like to be on yeah. and start seeing like, okay, what are some of the patterns? Cause you definitely can find patterns. It's brilliant advice. And I think honestly that applies in a way to like the, the commercial country music world yeah. too, is people yeah. will just send songs to pitch and you have no idea what they're looking for right now. So no matter what kind of music or career you're pursuing, I would heed that research, advice. Research, active listen. I don't, I think every class that I've taken, no matter what it was, whether it was for commercial music country, it was always active listening, repeat, always popped up. So I was like, yeah. hmm, yeah. these teachers know, do not know these, you know, any of each other, <laughs> but they're all coming to the same conclusion that active sure. listening is really important. Yeah. Oh, saving that. I'm like, that's yeah. important. Work smarter, not harder, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and one more question, and then I'm going to have sure. you just plug everything that you do. Um, it's been a rough year. I've seen friends leave Nashville. It's just been a, a really rough time. And, you know, sometimes things creatively, like you were talking about, a career in a creative path takes a long time. You never yeah. know when you're going to win a surprise Emmy, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, what would you say to somebody who was maybe thinking about throwing in the towel? I'm sure you've had these talks with your students before. Um, this is interesting that you bring this up because tomorrow I have a group, uh, a small little mastermind creative students that are like, cool, I'm going to have them for three months. And every week we're diving into uh, a topic and we're going to be talking about the realness of your why, because what you said, throwing in the towel, when you define the realness of why you're doing what you're doing, like, you know, a few months ago, I was the same friend that, you know, I won the Emmy with tapped me on the shoulder and he was like, Hey man could you create some underscore for like Daniel Tiger's neighborhood? I'm starting to direct that and I need some underscore. And I was like, for me, I was like, I remember watching Mr. Rogers growing up and I'm a, he, he, he's a, to me, the reason of why I started piano because I saw him play piano as a kid and I'd be like, I need to do that. Yeah. And I think I can't get behind many things in life, but I can get through literally anything that is like Fred Rogers oriented. And I was like, this is why I do music because I can get behind something like this, mm -hmm. an opportunity like this. Yeah. And I thought back of why I started music. And that was like, oh, this is cool. Even if this doesn't land and they don't choose any of these instrumentals, this was really cool to work on. Yeah. That in itself was like enough for me to keep doing what I do. So when you feel like you're giving, you want to give in, or you're just like, you're throwing in the towel. Sometimes you have to sit down with yourself in quiet time, which is hard. A lot of our quiet time is the toughest time we do. We, you know, so that means you got to ditch the phone because usually in the first minutes of five minutes of quiet time, it's like, okay, I got to look at my phone. What's happening. It's because our brain can't handle it. We're quiet. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it's just like, why are you doing what you're doing? Okay. Yeah. You get, let's say you get a hit song. So what then what's next? Do you enjoy the process of what you're doing? 
Do you like connecting with others and helping them share their story? If the answer is yes, then you guys stick it out because you realize that you can help other people. Usually when it's a superficial, I'm going to get X, Y, Z, that's not going to, you're not going to power through. That's not a good enough why. Like it's a nice thing and it's a bonus of the why, but if that's the only thing, then yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. that's when you're going to encounter that more. But I find people that even when the shit gets really tough and it's like, they're not making them, but they have to make some sacrifices. They've got to make some changes. They've got to, they're not going to please everyone, but they've got to stay focused. And some people are going to talk smack. Some people are going to, you know, um, you know, kind of leave the comments and, that that doesn't matter. They can brush it off because the realness of the why is so like they keep on coming back to that in those quiet moments to just recenter. I don't care what you call it, prayer, meditation, whatever works for you to be like, okay, that's the centering of why I do what I do. If you keep that in line, then yeah, tough things will get tough, but you'll just be like, okay, let's refocus. Let's go back into it because I find that a lot of people that end up succeeding always have a really good why. You know, the, you never hear stories like, I dreamed of making a million dollars. Well, it's because I grew up not having a lot and I wanted to make sure my parents had more. Ah, okay, wait a minute. That's why. It's not that you want, it's a bonus that you get the million dollars, but you want to provide for other people. Well, yeah, and I want to provide for other people and other opportunities and maybe create a fund for other students that want, oh, so there's some, so there's yeah. always something deeper than the superficial. Absolutely. And I think if we sit with that, then, I don't know, that's when, so if somebody's listening and they're like, they want to throw in the towel, I would be like, you've got to sit with the why for a little bit. That's and amazing. You're kind of like, then you'll come to the reason why. Wonderful advice. I've asked so many people that I love to end with that question right now, because yeah. there's just a lot of heaviness in general in this industry and especially right now, but that was one of my favorite responses. That's, that's just chef's kiss as the kids are saying. Um, do you want to just tell everyone where to find everything you do? Sure. Uh, so they can go to songwritingforguitar.com. I have some free resources you can dig into. I have a class called Rift to Radio, which is open a few times a year that uh, enrollment's open. But I have one if you've been listening to licensing and you're like, oh, I'm kind of interested a little bit. I have a mini course that's called Made for TV, which I walk through uh, a sing song, how we wrote it how I did the production, how I got it placed. So you can kind of, that's always available year round. I have a podcast, Songwriting for Guitar podcast. Um, and if you subscribe to American Songwriter Magazine, I write articles. So you'll probably see, there was a realness of the why. I'll have to send it to you because it that comes up a lot. And um, yeah, so those are all the avenues. We you didn't can... even get to talk about that. Dang it, I forgot. <laughs> it, it, was on my, it was on my list, on my notes. That's okay, that's, you know, I'll bring you on my podcast. We'll talk about other things. We'll talk about realness. We'll talk about like, I don't know, the grind and how it's like not healthy. We can just keep it going. We can keep it going. Um, yeah, I mean, and he writes for American Songwriter now too, you guys. It, it's just crazy. So if you're not already following him, follow him. We're going to tag him in the post and all of that stuff. But thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. This was so much fun because it did. It felt like this was not, an, it, was a, it, it was a chat. I think yeah. about important things and things that we both agree on. Yeah. And so I always love that. So this was wonderful. Thanks this for having This so awesome. We'll do it again. Y'all go check him out and- uh, We'll catch up with you next time. All right.